What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Barely a Podcast, as a curious report released this morning saying that Matt Nagy may be coaching his last game on Thanksgiving. In fact, suggesting he's already gotten the news that he's been fired. Now, I got to tell you, Bill, I do not work in sports media. I'm not even a Chicago local, but the Chicago media members that I have seen, the, the source isn't one of them. So whether or not this report is to be believed was wasn't something I was paying any attention to until I know 670, but also pro football, a talk sources all across the NFL landscape are running with this report, even though I'm not 100 percent certain it has grounds. I mean, what do you make of the of the situation? All right. I mean, well, first, first, let's talk about the, the story itself and the source. Then we can get into some, you know, intricacies about the McCaskies and the, and the Bears organization. All sure. right. So this came from Mark Conkle, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, uh, who is now currently a reporter for The Patch, uh, you know, the website The Patch, um, right. which does, you know, local local news. And it's obviously he's doing local news in the Chicago area. Now, what's interesting here is none of the Bears beats, none of the national beats, not, not Shefty, not Rappaport, not Pelissero, not Biggs, not Johns. None of the traditional guys have this. So if this is accurate, You've got to figure that Conkle has a unique source within the Bears organization, someone that doesn't traditionally talk to those type of guys. I don't know who that would be, but, you know, maybe someone at Hallis Hall caught wind of something, knows Conkle reached out to him. So we don't know exactly who Conkle sources on this, but here's the, the interesting thing about, about Conkle. He is, in a lot of ways, an, you know, considered a, a top-notch reporter. This man has won a Pulitzer Prize. You don't mm-hmm. win those by accident. But right. at the same time, Robert Feeder, uh, who covers Chicago media, has put out stories about him in that don't paint him in a great light. So, you know, you have to consider the source. And I'm not going to knock this guy personally, and I'm not going to because I don't know him and I don't know his source. So he has this report that's out. We don't know what kind of validity it has to it. But the one thing I will say is that what I know about NFL media It's a very tight knit group. When you go to those type of events, the Super Bowl, the Combine, they, you know, groups get together and people talk. And that's where a lot of information is exchanged. So that's why I say it's not this, this information is not in that group of people. It's from some sort of outside source. So we'll have to see, obviously, you know, he's saying Friday is the day. We'll have to see how much validity it has then. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, just trying to take it from an analytical perspective. I mean, it's certainly possible. We saw earlier this year, Gary Patterson was basically told, all right, so you're fired, but you can finish out the rest of the year if you want to. And he, after a long tenure at TCU said, nope, if I'm done, I'm done and just headed out. So obviously, Bill, kind of like you're suggesting, there's stuff that happens behind closed doors that we, the fans are just not privy to. And if on a short turnaround week, Matt Nagy was basically told, look, you're not in the future plans, but you're going to coach this last game and then we'll figure out what to do. And then it leaked out. I mean, it wouldn't be unsurprising, nor would it be unrealistic. Obviously the second five game losing streak in a row is (laughs) a case in and of itself for firing. And I think every bears fan based on chance, we heard at the bears game chance. We heard at the bulls game, a personally speaking, unacceptable chance that we heard at Matt Nagy's son's high school football game. Chicago feels a certain way about their head coach, but This report certainly came out of nowhere, and I think even wilder has just been the amount of surge that it got as soon as it was released, you know? Yeah, and and 
you know, the, that surge came from the local Chicago media. I mean, um, Mike, uh, Mike Florio put something out on Pro Football Talk about this report, but the local media, because, um, and, and I believe I have these right, like Dan Bernstein and David Haw put validity behind the report. They said, this is a guy to be trusted. And that's really where that report got mm-hmm. fueled. And, and like I said, maybe he is. But what I want to do is let, let's look at this kind of me- mechanically here for a right. second. Um, first of all, there are seven games to go in the season. The reason I say that is significant is because George McCaskey is a very nice person and a very loyal person. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because he if from what we understand about the, in essence, the ultimatums were true about finding a quarterback and making the playoffs, Matt Nagy has not been eliminated. The Chicago bears have not been eliminated from the playoffs. I know they have, they're not going anywhere at three and seven, but they get hot. They get a couple upsets going. Justin Fields really hits his stride. It's not impossible to say they go eight and nine and grab the last spot in the playoffs. I think there's about a 1% chance that's (laughs) going to happen. But again, when George McCaskey gave Matt Nagy this opportunity to do this, he still in theory has an opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind. The other thing to keep in mind is the McCaskies have never done this. Now, never say never. And, and George Hallis before the McCaskies has never done this. Never say never because there was never a head coach fired with two years remaining in his contract until Mark Tressman. So there's a first time for everything, but firing a coach in season is something the Chicago Bears have never done. Now, on the flip side of that, this new rule that allows you to interview head coaches before the season ends, as long as you've made the determination that you are moving on from your head coach, does in fact open the door that an in-season firing makes more sense. But it also could make perfect sense, let's say that the Bears beat Detroit and then get pounded by Arizona and Green Bay in in the next two games. It makes perfect sense. You can let Matt Nagy go after those games when he is really, in essence, eliminated from the playoffs at that point. And then you still have plenty of time to get your your group of uh, coaches together and, and make that decision. So there's, like I said, first time for everything. A Friday news dump after Thanksgiving is certainly something the Chicago Bears would do when they make a decision like this. So I wouldn't put that past them. But do keep in mind, you know, this report does run counter to anything that the Hallis slash McCaskey ownership has ever done in 100 years. And another thing to just point it out, right? I mean, George McCaskey saw the Bears beat Houston, who was not a good football team. Detroit, who was not a good football team. The Vikings, who played a bad game, but they were a decent football team last year. And Jacksonville, all in a row, and seemed to give Matt Nagy the benefit of the doubt when he lost to the Saints in an offensively inept showing. I mean, George McCaskey likes seeing wins, and I can't help but think, Bill, that if Tim Boyle doesn't massively step up his game because he looks to be the starter on Thanksgiving, you could trot Nick Foles out and beat the Lions. And if you win the game, it's hard to imagine firing your head coach. Just yeah. if you're George McCaskey. I, I keep going back to that. Is Could that source have said, well, if they lose to the Lions, he's done. And he knows that. That wouldn't shock me. But what are the real chances they lose to the Lions? I'm not even super high on the Bears right now. And I feel like they could probably beat an 0-8-1 team and you save the firing for after they lose to the Packers, which almost feels like a given at this point. There are plenty of other times to fire Matt Nagy if you want to still take advantage of that new rule that aren't right after one of the few remaining more than likely wins on the schedule. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I, I think that's something that cannot be underestimated. I mean, this is a team that's lost five straight. They've lost three games in pre, I mean, look, there were blowouts early in this losing streak with, with like the Tampa Bay game. And now you're sitting there, a, a second half collapse against San Francisco. And, and as I said on my, my podcast, two straight games where they have, you know, snatched defeat <laughs> from the jaws of victory because the, the, those, those losses were right. truly inexcusable. But then, so you sit there, there, there's a prime opportunity. You want to say Chris Tabor can't handle the short week or whatever. That's BS because he's already coached a season or a, I'm sorry, a game when, when Nagy was out earlier this season. With On a short week. He got but, told that he was going to do it three days before. Like, right. I mean, to throw that out there, you, you know, Andy Dalton goes out there and beats Detroit, you know, 34 to 13, which I know sounds crazy with how poorly the bears are playing, but Detroit is winless. Dan Campbell is going in the wrong direction already. You know, he had his guys playing more competitive in September than he does right now. Things are already faltering in Detroit. They really don't have much to hang their hat on. If the bears blow them out, man, he's not getting fired on Friday. It makes no sense. Cause all that's going to do is create a situation in a press conference that they're going to have to answer why they waited till after the win to fire them. The Bears don't like making a mess. The, the, the Bears like to try and keep things clean. And they're so obsessed with trying to keep things clean that they make messes themselves. But, but they don't like to just you know purposely make a mess where they fire Nagy Friday in the next press conference, whether it's Pace or George or whoever's going to talk about that decision. Because at that point, someone has to come out and talk uh, about why they did that. When, when that decision comes out and the first question is, why wasn't he fired after the Baltimore game? Why did you wait till after the Detroit game? You know, when, when you already knew what you were going to do, the, the short week and those answers, that's not going to make a lot of sense. And that's going to that's going to create a problem at Hallis Hall that they don't want to deal with. Absolutely. I mean, especially when all they got to do is get past this week. Right. Win or lose. But let's let's assume it's a win just for the sake of argument here. They're going to host. Card the Cardinals nine and two at home. So you can make the argument that he lost a home game and because the Cardinals, obviously they're beating up on everybody, even with Colt McCoy. So are the bears going to win that game? Well, a lot of other teams have thought they could beat the Cardinals without Kyler and actually Arizona may get Kyler back in time for that game, sure. which can't help anything. Or if you don't want to fire him after Arizona at home, they go to Lambeau. And I tend to think the Bears are going to struggle in that one as well. So you could fire them for losing to the Packers twice in a row. Or if you don't want to do that, Monday Night Football, they take on the Vikings, who look like they're in better form than them. And if they lose that game, that would be three games in a row that they've lost, or at least two out of three. And And eight out of nine. There's if, just, if there's just a Detroit. lot of, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's plenty of other dates that you can bookmark on the calendar and say, if you wanted to fire your head coach, even if you were pivoting off of just the fact that this report released out in the open and you almost want to say, no, no, we made the decision here. You could do, you'll have an even stronger case in just a couple of weeks. I'm not saying this report is bunk. I mean, the sentiment's probably there that he's out the door and it's a matter of time. But as far as picking your date, you'll have even easier days to fire Nagy than the Friday after Thanksgiving. If you're just patient one or two more weeks, you know? Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and, and that's the thing. And that's the bottom line. Like you said, it. we are not sitting there saying this report is false. If we sit, if, if on Friday, Matt Nagy is no longer the head coach, you know, we at Windy City Gridiron writers and podcasters are going to have a whole lot to talk about here for the next few weeks. Yep. We're not saying it's bunk. All we're saying is look at it, look at the full picture Look at the potential holes in this story. Look at kind of past precedent 
and you know really look at the full picture before you decide 100% saying this this report is true no matter what and look I'll throw this one thing out there because I did talk to a few people that know things from time to time. They couldn't confirm or deny this report. They just said they hadn't heard anything about it. But I will say one of them that does know the McCaskey and the Hallis Hall maneuverings pretty well said this, where you sit there and shake your head, but when it's the Chicago Bears, you shrug your shoulders and say this might be the case. Even if this was something they were planning on doing, you can't eliminate the possibility that they postpone it a couple weeks because they hate leaks at Hallis Hall with a fiery passion. <laughs> and if they can put a cork in a leak and make it look like it wasn't true and the decision was made two or three weeks later, I wouldn't put it past them to do that either. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at this, but I'm looking at this with a skeptical eye right now that this happens on Friday. Yep, I am too. And before we wrap up, because I feel like you can't talk about Matt Nagy being fired without at least bringing up the guy that hired him. Ryan Pace, I got to get your thoughts. If Matt Nagy's fired, what do you think happens to Pace? Not want, what do you think happens to Pace going forward? I think Ryan Pace, I'm not 100% confident, but I think Ryan Pace stays in this organization. Is he still going to have the general manager title? I don't know. He could. They could move him into a football operations type role. So he's still involved in the team can help with the stadium in Arlington Heights, you know, a lot of the other things he can do, you know, put some input on the roster, but not, you know, have control of the roster. Cause look, there are things that Ryan Pace does well. You can't sit there and look at Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery and Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen and, and all the success he's had in the middle rounds, Adrian Amos, you know, the Jordan Howard, the list goes on and on all the, the success, the pieces he's found in the fourth, fifth rounds and say he's inept at everything. He certainly struggles in areas, and all of us at Windy City Gridiron have talked about that. But I do think he probably stays within the organization, and I will say this. This is another thing to keep in mind. That new rule does not count for general managers. It's only for head coaches. So if George McCaskey and Ted Phillips make the decision that they are going to remove both of them, fire both of them, the only way that would work and take advantage of that new, new rule is they would have to hire a general manager that is currently not employed in the NFL uh, to, to put in place and then have that person. Because if you hire the head coach before the GM, you're just causing major problems. Oh, the gosh. GM needs to be involved in the head coach hire. Now that yeah. does open the door for someone like Rick Smith, who did an excellent job in Houston. He is not currently employed. You could do something like that and put a good person in place there to replace Ryan Pace. I don't know if they do it. I never really thought John Fox was Ryan Pace's coach. That was, I think, one that was kind of collectively made with Ernie Acorsi and, and the front office. So if that wasn't Ryan Pace's coach and Ryan Pace got two quarterbacks, he got an opportunity for Trubisky and then they gave him one more chance and he brought in fields. If that's the case, then you can also make the case that Ryan Pace will get two head coaches. Which, gosh, I mean, look, I'm not Pace's biggest fan. Like you're saying, I'm more than happy to say he's a talented evaluator, but I feel like the key to being a GM is how you spend your money. And I don't feel like he's spent his resources well, but I digress to your point. I think the scariest thing about what Ryan Pace's, let's say his perception in Chicago is. So I'm going to tell a story, right? My wife grew up on a 1994 Toyota Paseo. And then when she graduated college, her stepfather gave, gave her a 1997 Thunderbird in 2015. 
So my wife had grown up on 20 year old cars, right? Then we get her a used Chevrolet Cruze 2016 model. And she's like, this is the greatest car I've ever driven because (laughs) surprise, surprise, when you move forward 20 years in the future, everything feels looks is better. And I think the part that us fans can sometimes discount is that Hallis or Hallis Hall got transformed by Ryan Pace. It got fundamentally from the reports I've read brought out of the 1990s and into 2015 in 2015. And so George has seen all the changes. And honestly, for somebody who, from my understanding, is not the world's biggest football fan, he, he owns the team. He makes the, the best decisions that he can from there, but he's more interested in the fans per se than the product on the field. I think seeing the nutrition staff, I think seeing the new practice fields, I think seeing probably like fancy film rooms and draft rooms and other things that Pace's architected might weigh heavily more heavily on his mind than it would to us that we would say, why does he keep trading up all the time? things like that. And so to your point, I could see the classic pace, quote unquote, promotion, demotion uh, scenario a lot more clearly than I can see pace getting fired because we don't have say David Tepper or a brand new owner. That's all in on winning. And the only thing that matters is winning. We've got a GM that has seen pace transform Hallis Hall over the last eight years. And I bet he wants to keep that guy around, but that's, that's just my take on the situation. We, I think it's fair to say that GM speculation is as speculative as it gets, you know, cause we're not even talking about product on the field. We're talking about who knows who and may, has made a good impression to who, you know? Right. But, and, and, and we've heard that over the years, how much the McCaskies like Ryan pace. He is really put himself in a good position with that ownership group. And you, you can't discount that. And, and like you, you said, nutrition and, and health and, and, and the new facilities and everything. And you've got a brand new stadium that is going to be getting built in Arlington Heights. So not just, you're, you're not just building the stadium where you're going to, I know we think about, you know, sight lines and, you know, luxury boxes and all that kind of stuff, but this facility underground and in the bowels of the stadium opportunity for state-of-the-art equipment that they can Mm -hmm. take advantage of on game days and get results from injuries and all the other things that can be put in place in the stadium that probably soldier field doesn't have the resources to do because it's such an antiquated stadium despite the the upgrades they put in you know 20 years ago that's something that they probably are going to want ryan pace involved in so i think there's there's a really good opportunity there and then again this this we're talking about matt Nagy, not ryan pace But I I will say the one thing I will say about Ryan Pace and his poor cap management is the cap management was not poor the first several years of his tenure. They've got it's gotten really bad the last couple of years. And I do believe that that is because George McCaskey has put him in a win now situation year after year after year. Maybe Ryan Pace did it to himself a little bit in 2020 more than he had to. But he put, you know, George put him in this situation. So Ryan Pace trying to, in essence, save his job is punting money down the field. Uh, down, you know, down further down the road. Yep. So again, I agree with you. I wouldn't have a problem if the bears moved on from Ryan pace. This isn't me saying he should keep his job, but I'm trying to look at it as a whole. He has hit on some draft picks. I think the, some of the money decisions were made because of the position he was put in. And again, you'd love to have a GM who always puts the organization first, yep. but it's human nature. When your boss tells you, <laughs> if we're not winning, you're out. You're going to do whatever you can to win. 
Now we can sit there and question Jimmy Graham decisions and other things like that. But, you know, I don't, I, I certainly think Matt Nagy's future barring a miracle finish is, is determined and he will be gone, but I do not think both of them are gone for certain. I think there is a good chance Ryan Pace stays in the organization. Yep. I feel like it's fair to say that right now Nagy's firing is written in wet cement and what the rest of the bears season does will determine what happens to pace one way or another, if that decision hasn't been made already, but either way, Bill, it's uh it's Tuesday, November 23rd, and we won't know until more time passes. So I feel like that's about the end of this barely a podcast, some naggy, some pace conversation. Make sure you check out bears over beers. Have you recorded bears banter for this week yet? Bears banter is out. Uh, my guest, Perfect. Patrick Maher, check it out. Detroit lions fan. He's miserable for 30 straight <laughs> minutes. You'll enjoy it. So, so check that out right now. Absolutely. And then keep an eye out, of course, for T-Formation conversation and everything else going on this weekend. Have a will, happy will Thanksgiving. Will there be a, a, a bear with me special Thanksgiving night? <sighs> yes. <laughs> we won't go live, but I will. Like, I, I keep trying to have to think, Bill, what am I going to say? Like, did Dalton beat the Lions or even worse? We lost to the Lions. Like, we lost to Tim Boyle. <laughs> I, mean, I know. So Tim Boyle threw another. for 370 yards, 360 of them to Kendall Bildor. Whoa! <laughs> Darnell Mooney, he got 28 targets this time. Caught nine of them. <laughs> like, it, it could be any story. Yeah. But we'll find something to be thankful for on Thursday. We'll, we'll, we'll certainly then, try. And then all eyes, I guess, will be on uh, on the Twitter wire on Friday for whether for sure. this report was true or not, you know, for sure. Either way. Thanks so much, everybody. This has been barely a podcast. We'll catch you next time.